Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Flail Forward. In this episode, we're discussing triangles, GNS theory, and MDA theory. But first, listen to all of us react to our chatbot's creepy new recording sound notifier. Oh, yeah, I hate terrible. that. Where, when did they add that? Because it's it didn't they, have that when we like started using ago. it. Okay. Yeah, they added it on yeah, the like week that you were gone. Uh, I like that it makes some kind of noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah. I wish it was just like a beep, and then it right. said recording yeah. or something. But the, yeah, just a little yeah. boom. Yeah. Just, just like some, hello. I like that it makes people aware, but you know, it's a little much. Yeah. Could you do it like a little mm -hmm. less creepy? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the internet, Fred. There's no red studio light for you to hear. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. so but would you, you rather like... it just you know breathes heavily? Could you just not sound like <laughs> winter mute or something? Like it's just kind of creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, but anyway, recording. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> For the, the benefit of anybody who possibly listening to this, first off, they're going to cancel our non existence of tripping over this. First off, like, I'm sorry. For um, cat impersonating John Wayne Gacy, edging and slicing at the same time. And God. two, God. Um, we're talking about triangles and three. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I think some of us Good. are a bit loopy. Oh well. <laughs> I fully admit to being pretty loopy. It's been a it's been a long day, man. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking about three, and I was asking Carr about why he thought he kind of slipped into using triangles at first subconsciously in his design, and then realized it and you know pushed forward with it. But why do you think you lean towards triangles, Carr? Okay, well, part of it goes all the way back to original D&D. Um, because if you look at the six attributes, they can be divided into three groups. You've got mm -hmm. the physical, the mental, and the social. Yep. So... That's probably the first triangle in RPG design that everybody or a lot of people carry through and don't realize. Um, along the way, I've realized it a lot. And the, the main triangle in my game is more existential than the attribute makeup. And that is I've got... Um, the physical being, the mental being, and the spiritual being. Right. A lot of games make that triangle mm -hmm. for more often than not specific thematic reasons, but it's there. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah. I think the try system, which Cravoir had brought up, um, really embodied that because it, it did just boil things down to that mind, body, soul yeah. aspect um, that I think is pretty prevalent now. Yeah, got... uh, I think that a lot of it, the structures it added, don't. Never mind. 
I barely remember it, so I'm not going to talk too much shit about it. And, and then you can take pretty much any, especially fantasy class system, and boil them down to the triangle of warrior, thief, and spellcaster. Hmm. Or now, in... I went so far into that triangle that I have seven points on it, but that's a different story. That's... <laughs> it's not a triangle. <laughs> It's a it's really badly misshapen triangle in non-Euclidean <laughs> geometry. Can I just say something it's a, real? It's a, it's a, of course. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So the the actual triangle that that somewhat represents it, like so, on some level, is the three approaches: intellectual, uh, sub subversive, and and force. But that's its own triangle and its own weirdness. But is there are those defined in like I don't know? They're uh, uh, I'm trying to remember where they're defined. Uh, I in well, my game? yes, in your game. <laughs> <laughs> in your game, in oh, your okay. game is one place where it's defined. But I was just talking. I was talking with somebody, and we we're like doing a system where you have to make decide what your stats are called, and we're just going what are the mm. important stats, and and we wanted to make sure that we had a mental one. We had a one for being smart. We had a one for being sneaky, and a one for being t for being tough, basically. And yeah, yeah. there's usually a social one tacked on, but it's that sometimes is like sometimes that shouldn't be its own category, I guess. Yeah, most most yeah. games tuck I, social under sneaky. Yeah, yeah. I the way I do it is I have those three approaches. Well, those three attributes: so guile, force, and lore. So that correspond directly to what, what you're talking about. So I think that's an example of convergent design. And then underneath each one of those, I have affect, converse, and reveal. So that's affect something with guile, affect something with force, affect something with lore. And then converse is what you're doing. So you can be conversing sneakily, you can be conversing forcefully, and you can be conversing intellectually. Mm -hmm. um, and you can reveal something with each of those attributes as well. So if you reveal something by guile, you're revealing it in such a way that it stays hidden or that you're trying to gain the information through subtle methods um, or you're trying to recognize relationships. Uh, if you're revealing through force or revealing force, you recognize strengths, you gain information through brute force methods or you discover a secret in such a way that can't remain a secret. Uh, and then when you reveal with lore, you recall a useful piece of knowledge. That's a basic thing you can do. Uh, gain information through research and study and recognize function. So strength function and relationships are sort of like, that's how I break apart the, re the reveal stuff. It's interesting because then you've got sort of that, those three axes for your approach and three axes for your desired outcome or I guess like a situation. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. yeah. Ashes, is, Ashes has way more obvious triangles than my game does. I'd like to... It's all triangles at this point, almost. Uh, oh, go for it, Jonathan. Just, uh, I, I just want to get this out there because I, I feel that, um, in general, we're talking about threes and not triangles, and I'd like to say because it, it triangles, if we're going to use them in in this form, I. I think they have to sort of interact a certain way to be a triangle. And I'll, I'll use it like a simple or hopefully simple example uh -huh. of like rock, paper, scissors. And mm -hmm. each uh, symbol reacts a certain way with the other. 
and mm -hmm. it can't react the same way with the other one. And so in that way, you I feel like that's a, a triangle. Um, it is. Well, it's basically a circle that just happens to have three points. However you want to say it, it, it acts in a triangular way. But if you just have body, mind, spirit, I know in, in Carr's game, I can see how they're a triangle and they act like a triangle. But in general, in whatever the D&D example, I don't believe they really act like a a triangle. Well, yeah, I just I just think D &D's they're a simple attributes. list. Yeah, D &D's it's attributes don't really act like a triangle, but they can be arranged into one. Construed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so so I think the three, the the how we use three as humans and, and the simplicity of it, I, I think it shows up a lot because it's it works well and it it's simple. Um, I think for purposes of this uh, discussion, we can use threes and triangle and triplet as interchangeable terms for it for any triumvirate of co-equal things. I guess, yes. I, then I guess I want to acknowledge then that's what this discussion is about. Um, so, yeah. Triangles and well, beyond. I do want to point out that also in Ashes that those things actually do form a triangle because in, in but not so much in the approach system because they, they don't, typically interact with each other in the approach system at all but in combat they do interact with each other and it does form a triangle so so lore goes last force supersedes it it's quicker than lore and then guile supersedes force and then uh so there there's there is a paper rock scissors thing but it's only but it's a uh, sort of monodirectional mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I'm not. It's not to take away from how everyone anyone is using three. Is it just how my how I'm how I'm looking at these different yeah. uh, relationships? It's a it's yeah. a great point because I think you can kind of say threes as the concept, which is like three pillars, which don't have that interaction. Mm -hmm. Versus, I think what Jonathan's saying that you can also view it as the like the interactions yeah. between them and the actual shape of the triangle like connects that point to the two other nodes of the the system. So I think that's an like a really important clarification to make because we could talk about um triplets for a lot of different cases, but really just are there are there circumstances that we really use like every node connects to the other two nodes in some interesting fashion? And does that have a different place in game design than three pillars? Yeah. I think it does. I think I think that's a, a, a good distinction to make. I would I make I another distinction as well, is that there would be two types of triangles as well. Like, one of them is like the rock, paper, scissors one, where it basically goes in sort of circular pattern in one direction, right? But then there's also a triangle where each connecting line between any two points works both ways where it's not like a single direction but it actually can go either direction right but mm. the but the interaction between two different points would be different than the other even though they could both go both ways yeah like it would be separate like it's going like we take the mind body soul thing like how the body affects the mind is not the same as how the mind affects the body like they're both connected to one another on that axis but 
Right. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All valid for this discussion. I just yeah. wanted to express how how I see these things, and in, right. in in fact, it, maybe there's a little frustration or like a weirdness to talk about triangles. And I was thinking, like literal trigonometry and and surveying, like which mm. you know that's I've been a surveyor for years, and like I've done things like that. And it's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, 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 but I'm glad you said yeah. something because I'm sure there's people. No, I'm not sure there's anybody listening. <laughs> but, I, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, if if there are people that ever hear this in the far flung future, we are uh, so sorry. If I'm sure there's going to be people. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure there's going to be people that are, have that perspective <laughs> where they're more, or when we're talking about triangles, they're not, they're not thinking of like the metaphorical like three abstract concepts that interact with each other. They're thinking of like, oh, it's got angles that add up to 180 degrees, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah. it's useful and it's useful to yep. make the distinction between triplets and interrelated nodes. Yeah. And well. physical triangles are still fucking amazing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly are. Trigonometry is, is, is yeah. pretty cool, um, the way that everything interacts. But yeah, that's why I, yes. I, when I was introducing this, I said, I think this is mostly going to be a discussion of the concept of three, mm -hmm. um, right? More than triangles, though. Um, I mean, the physicality of triangles is not something to be dismissed. <laughs> Actually, that's another thing. Or the metaphorical, Before right? I forget yeah. yeah, is what Fred was saying earlier about how people. Well, we weren't recording at that time. Well, he was going on about like how three is like a special number and people like three and it's easy to think of and get you know you can count to three without having to use your fingers or to break things into chunks and stuff like that it's easy to remember that kind of thing the problem is there though that once you get into threes you can start looking for threes where there aren't any like the pattern recognition thing in the brain yeah Bad and, things come in three. Well, bad things come in three, but so does like when you're trying to design something and it's like, well, I need this to work in a, a group of three. Like it has to be a triangle. And it's like once you fill out your three sides, then it's like, well, I'm done. I'm going to stop looking now. And it's like you might be missing things that should keep going. Hmm. Or you might be adding parts that don't need to be there just so that they can fill up to your arbitrary standard of three. I mean, that's certainly true, though. I don't know if that's necessarily a regular issue. I think it but... is. Like, if you look at something like, say, World of Darkness, their stats are set up in a grid of three by three. And it's not, let's face it, the social side of that does not make any sense compared to the others. It, it was filled out to three as an arbitrary measurement. It was filled out to three because two was too few, and they wanted to emphasize social. They wanted to emphasize that this is a game where being is social and, and methods of manipulation and talking were important. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the stats was appearance, which was really yeah, that's, that's wacky. Yeah, yeah that's they garbage. literally just added like an extra one to yeah. reach. In three. Neural of Darkness, they had 
they had it was much more sensible because they they it was just um the the, the three stats were social mental physical and the attributes were um strength finesse resistance basically and so there there was a it was uh what was it uh, it was manipulation and composure resolve resolve manipulation composure for for the stats in the new world of darkness which was that way better right yeah 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 that made more sense yeah so it's like a active stat a, a stealthy stat and, and a resistance mm -hmm. stat yeah which kind of takes us back to the force guile lore type thing a little bit so one of those is you know yeah it doesn't exactly fill the bucket though it's like because the resistant resistance doesn't really so mm -hmm. um because resolve reminded me about it and because i was talking uh, or i was talking about blades earlier uh blades in the dark i should say um i was looking i just happened to glance at the like the rules reference sheet for blades in the dark because i had it up on my computer mm -hmm. and i realized how many threes are on it and in fact yeah, yeah. you've got like there's three different kind there's three different positions there's three different effects there's basically three yeah. different um outcomes within the different um yeah. positions and there's three different kinds of actions there's three different kinds of flashbacks mm -hmm. um i'm trying to look for any more threes but I, I know there's a few more here that i'm missing but anyway there's a shit ton of threes that show up in this game um and i think that that's one of the things that led me to to threes and as well in um Power of the Apocalypse that Blades of the Dark takes a lot from. There's a lot of threes in that, too. Although, there's a lot of threes yeah. in most games. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of threes. I think a lot of eights yeah. in most games as well. Eight's a powerful number. Yeah, eight and 16. Eight there's, and still, there's still a three inside the eight, which is, it's the third power of two. Or if you cut off the left side. <laughs> God damn it, Jonathan. I wasn't going to say anything. Sorry, yeah. You know, fine. <laughs> I I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I just see the real thing that we need to keep in mind is that three is the number of sides on the Illuminati pyramid. Yeah. I was wondering if someone's going to bring Ooh. I mean, dare we mention the Devil's Triangle? No. No, it's the Devil's Triangle. <laughs> okay. Or the Tritone, the Tritone Interval, which is Sorry. the, Dia the Diabolus yeah. in Musica. How about the Triforce? <laughs> or the Triforce. There are many threes. It all means okay. something. Okay, so we like threes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry uh, for derailing so much. to be a lot no. more fertile than some people thought. Yes, I, I'm sorry for derailing, though, in, in the weird direction. I, I know people had no, valid things to say about this. <laughs> well, no. if we don't jump the tracks every once in a while, like, I don't think this is a real episode, you know? Just to it's... build on what actually Jonathan had brought up, like, to, to go with it for the triangle idea, um, there's also, like, what you were saying is sort of, like, the interactions between these three distinct nodes. So if we already agree that, like, three is a good number for elements, um, what, are the, what are the properties that emerge along the continuum of those, like, those interactions between those three elements? So, for example, um, 
I'm, I'm going to derail a bit. With Praxis, what I do is I, I kind of have a square. I have suits of a deck of cards. Um, but along the continuum from one node to the other um, come all of the like advanced skills. So each of the four nodes represent a suit, which represents a type of action that you take. And then along like your path between any one node to the other node, um, there's a series of um, advanced actions that you can take that combine those two elements. Um, so mm -hmm. are there other things that exist along that continuum? And I might throw in like one other thing of what um, Carr had mentioned was like sort of this um, uh, within like D&D, you have the rogue, the fighter, and the, the wizard. Um, and if you were to say like along those axes, those three points that you get sort of all yeah. the different classes, like the paladin sort of fits in somewhere in between, you get sort of like the warlock fits in somewhere in between. Um, are, are there other elements like that that come up from the interactions of these three distinct elements? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <clears throat> because like, 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 just like you were saying, you can you can throw the, the, almost all the other D and D classes into one of those three mm -hmm. buckets, or on the continuum between one of those mm -hmm. three buckets. So, like the ranger being like maybe the dead center one of of magic user, rogue, warrior, mm -hmm. you know. And then, but how do you deal you with have clerics? Like, like everyone for well, clerics are magic yeah, user, but it's right? not the same as a wizard at all. It's very no, I'm just, it's magic user. It's it's. Guy. <laughs> it might be a slightly different kind of magic user, but it's still a magic user. Mm -hmm. It's a magic yeah. user. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every I, kind I, of magic user is most of how I went from three classes having seven parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and you were talking about that, and I started thinking about, I guess they're memes, but all the internet like memes and stuff of people going okay here's like the triangle which has you know the three sides of what was the one i i can't remember any of them off the top of my head but a bunch of them have you know the white the fighter wizard rogue paradigm um mm -hmm. or something similar and then they put a bunch of characters on that because you know that's right. a easy representation and you often see data represented in that way as well um mm -hmm. of, you know moving data points along towards on three different axes towards the ends of a triangle actually well you you move between the points and and then you can move move towards like, the sides be, as well between linearly between the points and then if you involve all three nodes you get pulled into the space and yeah, get yeah. and are measured on all three aspects right like the ranger for example mm -hmm. who's in the center of the triangle and not the only <laughs> one there no no and not no. the only one there yeah you're right um okay i wanted to say before we get too far into this and i forget that much of the power of threes or triangles whatever we're calling them is that <clears throat> it is the smallest number of nodes that encloses an area and yet does not form axes. Okay. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hmm. I'm, I'm Googling. <laughs> Jonathan's got to prove you wrong. <clears throat> no, I just don't remember what axes are. 
Oh. Um. A an alignment between any of the two nodes that crosses the the area. Like, oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Right. So a square forms an axis between the diagonals. And between that opposite sides. Yeah. 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 What did I say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the power of threes because it's it's compact in that way. Mm -hmm. Like if you go out to four, now you've got axes. But if you go out to five, your mm -hmm. axes go away, but you've got this like um, a excessive amount of nodes. Maybe. Not an excessive, <laughs> I'm not like, convinced that that's more excessive, than necessary but... amount of nodes. Yeah, if you're trying to strip away back to back to absolute like as little as you need sure yeah. mm -hmm. i mean the problem that's the, if that's if that's the goal yeah. yeah the problem with the five like we talked about the multiplications like if we have the interactions with the threes we have like six different in interactions and if we go to the four we have 12 and then i think the five is the 20 mm -hmm. 20 right 20 different interactions there that's fair, but, but you can also use five points to create two triangles uh yeah like one of the ways you do it is you basically make a triangle of three points and that triangle serves as a one point on a larger triangle like they did that with um age of mm. mythology where like you had the standard infantry and infantry defeats cavalry cavalry defeats archers archers defeat infantry and that was like your human units. But then the human units all lost to mythological units like, you know, a sphinx or a dragon or whatever. But myth units always lost to a hero. But heroes were inefficient against armies. Hmm. So, so, so you basically um, had a triangle inside a triangle. So I understand that what you kind mean. Of gets to triangular numbers, which are much less frequent in, in time. Hmm. So I wanted to under I understand what you mean, but I wanted to see um, a representation of it with the units on it, or like the, you know the types of units that you're talking about on it. And so I looked up Asian mythology triangles, and uh, I did not yield what I was looking for. Um, but anyway, I'll I'll stop. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> is that just a comment about how your google foo is uh well what happened yeah it's just yeah my google foo right now well i only googled it once anyway um yeah that's technically correct cat but how can we apply that to role-playing games <laughs> there's no reason you couldn't like <laughs> i'm just thinking yeah, the, the the pattern that you're talking about established at one level <clears throat> the triangular which is um you know one three six ten that's that's the sequence and <clears throat> which is cumulative by the way um it's 
as common as triplicates are, it's rather difficult for people to actually think in this specific pattern of progression. The, tri the oh, triangular okay. number. Right, 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 right. Because, well, I, I have, hmm. I, yeah, I don't exactly have that, but the, I, I'm aware of the concept. So, yeah, you're talking about the Pythagorean um, uh, tetragrammaton. That's the, the, the it, they, it's a pattern of, of uh, it's a triangular pattern that the Pythagoreans believed had mystical significance. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's 10 points and this is hang on i gotta take a picture real quick <laughs> um because that is how i haven't put this in the book yet but that is actually how the um inscriptions in ashes of the magi look one second hang on um, oh man this is great for non-visual medium mm-hmm this is going to be a weird for the podcast. <laughs> hey, if they followed us this long. <laughs> yeah, they know. And they're probably hallucinating it anyway. Yeah, they're not listening. Oh, we've only been recording for like 20 minutes. Or probably 30 minutes. Yeah. About 25, 30 minutes. And so what this does is so the reason i'm actually using these once i once i um let me get to the topic once i was researching these and um found out about them i was like oh that's a really cool symbology for uh mystical uh, drawings there that's uploading okay interesting oh man and it makes magic fractal. Sort of. Uh, that's pretty okay. cool. So, so you can make you can make the shapes right. So the the each one of these represents an element and a and sort of a thing you do with the magic, and then the nodes on the magical <clears throat> inscriptions describe that motion of energy, and then you put those things together into larger configurations, and those. Or describe the spell yeah and so you could actually as a player you could actually draw this out well that's that's the goal that would be kind of neat i think if, if i just gave people the symbols and they could draw their own spells i mean but okay okay aren't this is really cool so that was a wild that was, tangent that was not, a wild yeah tangent. that, that <laughs> but, it, but it's reliant upon the triangular yeah, number that's the, that's it's, the idea it's a really cool thing um and I mean, I would dip into this like crazy, but I don't know if most people would. I don't um, think he's don't suggesting know. it's not, required it's to do anything. No. no. This is just, no. the the symbols exist in theory, so if you want to, so if you want, you can do this. But I mean, it's it's kind of, within the context of your game, it's literally how the magic works, and it's how you would yeah. also write, if you were to quote, write the magic that would be the same way right i think that's pretty pretty yeah, that's neat cool that's very cool yeah as a game that's, concept yeah totally mm -hmm. on theme symbology yeah, of the magic yeah Sweet. um but not really what i was getting at like the 
what I meant no. was that the triangular number progression is less, I guess, intuitive. Than, well, it's less common than like the Fibonacci sequence. Like people know what the Fibonacci sequence is because you know you got the golden spiral and all that. But mm -hmm. the the triangular sequence kind of is overshadowed by that. So it's not used right. very often. Well, I mean, it is because it's, yeah, it's not because it's one, two, three, four added together. Some mm -hmm. is the, yeah. There was a post on the subreddit last week about, you know, swap or repackaging linear modifiers using the Fibonacci sequence. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and how I mean, it was it was useful because every increase was like a 62.5% relative change. I'm like I had, I had to go in there and say if you don't use this right, you will brick your game with it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, like great for that guy's like math PhD, but I don't know. That's not super useful in terms of role-playing games. Yeah. Although, interesting. I, I kind of remember at... glancing at the post. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. Oh, no. I, I was just going to say, looking at it, the, 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 tri the, the triangular number thing actually would describe the D&D &D class as almost very, very uh, strangely accurately than looking at it. Huh. How so? Okay, sorry. I was just, just distracted. I'll, I'll I'll get there. I'll just okay. Yeah. Go ahead, John. <laughs> no, I did nothing. I was just that post. It it struck something as in memorable, but not like in a good way. That, that's it. I don't have enough to say in it to say something. <laughs> oh, okay. One of those things you'd see and go, "Oh, that's kind of cool," but I also hate it. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, it, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Interesting things show up there for sure. That's, yeah, that's certainly true. Um, okay. So, does anyone else have more to say on triangles specifically before we move into threes? I know we've already kind of danced around those, yeah. but anything else about physical triangles? Oh, I'll get mine out of the way because I put them in there. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Have you guys heard this before? Some old hippie caught another hippie tripping on acid? No. Uh, no. Okay, but have you heard Sokatoa? Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Now oh. some old hippie caught another hippie tripping on acid. Ah. Uh, Isn't that awesome? I don't know. I didn't know what, I didn't know what Sokatoa uh, was. Sine equals opposite over adjacent. Uh, cosine, cosine of angle equals... Um, opposite uh, over adjacent. Tangent of angle equals opposite over adjacent. Oh, okay. Sine is opposite over hypotenuse. Hypotenuse, yeah, yeah. So not opposite. Yeah, I said op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then if you like, you know, carpentry or something like that, and you didn't know this, three, four, five triangle. Um, if you have a right angle and the two sides that are next to the right angle, if they're three and four, then the hypotenuse is five, guaranteed. So you can take that triangle or two, two pieces of board and measure three one way, four the other way. And if you measure five across, then you or 
you know you've hit five when or uh, right angle when you get five. Then it's a then it's yeah. a square. Yeah, it's yeah. a square joint. Yeah. There's a few of those. Those um, triangles, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... Beside, well, I can think of like the six, eight, ten. <laughs> three, yeah, three, four, five, six, eight, ten. <laughs> I mean all all the <laughs> the factors there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're I, there's more than that though. I, I you're right, Fred. But it's just there's yeah, time. stretching stretching into affinity. Yeah, yeah, the five the one that is regularly used. Yeah. Yeah. But physical triangle. Okay, I'm done with physical triangles. <laughs> well, maybe. I'm probably I'm... done with physical triangles. <laughs> I you never yeah. really be done with anything in this chat. No. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 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 I was meaning, I guess I should have said physical representations of triangles that we use in <clears throat> games um, rather than actual physical triangles as in um, measurements and other things that are used in carpentry, etc. But hmm. because those come up all the time. Yeah, it's the uh, Jesus triangle. I have never heard it called that before but i just okay. made it up but he's the oh, carpenter okay. right so he's yeah, the he's guy. guy so are we going to start talking about the trinity then is this going to become sunday school podcast i mean um no you, it is you don't have to go cars <laughs> like no. no i yeah it's been a while since anybody. i could go there while keeping it secular <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and dead air, everyone. Is what that sounds like. Yeah. Um, but no, let's go into let's go into the theory stuff. Go, the theory stuff. Yeah, oh, you yes. mean like no? threes? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. threes. Yeah. All yeah. right. So threes. Um, I mentioned before we decided to hit record, um, or the proverbial record button, um, that I tended default towards three if i can't think of a number to use for like choices within a role-playing game because it seems to be a safe number of choices or options uh, or outcomes to have around a thing you know it's something that's easy to keep in the head there's enough there to have a bit of variety um, i know that cat has some potential issues with that but no i actually i it's usually three to five decisions at a time. Don't give players more than three to five. Yeah. Yeah. That is your sweet spot. Three is mm -hmm. inclusive within there. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> no, you had just said something earlier about not always going to three because. That's oh, well, no. Dangerous. No, I... no she, she was making a point of just like not leaving things out because you're, you're, you, you got to three and stopped. Yeah. Looking. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's like when you get something where somebody's like, "Oh, well, I need to have it match this arbitrary number that I'm aiming for, and I'm going to not go beyond it." It's like I need three defenses, and it's like you need four defenses for this mechanic that you've set up to work or make any sense. Hmm. Yeah, Although... but that's outside of three. I need to stop at three. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Sometimes if you have more than three things, you probably should try and bring it back towards three. Um, especially for decisions that need to be made quickly. Like, you know, within a combat thing where you want it to flow fairly fast. I think generally looking to limit it towards about three 
even though five is sort of safe, but three is generally a better um, way to go if you can if you can make it. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> I did that like fairly specifically. I mean, I went with the three phases for initiative. I used to have four, and it did not work as well. Um, and uh, so, and with them within those three things, you have two main actions to choose from, and then three exertion actions to choose from and that's that's five total things but generally speaking you can do the exertion actions at the same time but it, it keeps the options it winnows the options you know at each stage so you're not you're not having to choose from one of 15 you're choosing from one of three and then one of two and then possibly one of mm -hmm. three again yeah like yeah. when you you gate it off in that way it, even though you had the same number of total decisions because it's broken up it's not as big of an issue like mm -hmm. that's how i broke up like my combo system is like you start off with a combo opener because that way you only have to worry about a small number of combo openers there's probably you probably only have access to two to four of them. So pick one from there. And once you've picked that, what your starting point is, the next one to move on to from there probably will be informed by the first one you used. Like if you trip someone on the ground, then the next ability you're going to use is probably going to take advantage that they've been tripped. Right. So yeah, it's breaking it down into smaller groups like that totally works i'm gonna throw something in here as well um i wonder how much of our our propensity to try to use three is because like it's also sort of um popular western number um and i i mean it's popular in other cultures as well but i i wonder how much of it is also influenced by like the like what we're saying about sort of like this like holy trinity like the the like Father, Son, Spirit, the the um, heaven, Something earth, that hell. Was probably decided long before Christianity ever got a hold of it. It was, but I'm I'm just saying that like so. I think there's a lot of cultural attachment as well that I think we have with that number. Um, probably. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but... there's something to that. There's something to that, but there's it's it's also mathematically right useful. Yeah, like well, mm, there is a lot of there's no cultural attachment to that. There is a lot of cultural momentum to threes, which just happens to have all converged in, into much of Christianity. Yeah, I I think you're probably right to a certain extent, Mark, in that because we're all from. Western countries, and I think have fairly Western beliefs and ideals. Uh, we tend to gravitate more towards three than we might if we were within other cultures. Um, but I, that's the culture I was grown in. I can't really that. So, to be honest, of the cultures that you would go to historically, most cultures had like a base three counting system. Not no. too many had other ones. Like some had base 60 or base 12 but it was mostly three. still multiples of three yeah it, it usually was three was the base though the the arabic numerals are kind of an odd 
thing because they're not a multiple of three. And yet they were the winner, so. <laughs> <laughs> Neither are the Mayans. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. That's why I like, said, nope, I was going to make a joke, but. <laughs> you need to start running with this, Rob, because you've got all the shit to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I know, I was just trying to figure out, uh, no, cause I'm, I'm actually concerned about this because I'm, I'm wondering uh, what, what the, the three, because I know I've seen triumvirates in Asian culture all over the place. Well, I mean, I mean I in a lot of Asian cultures, they, they have the uh, yin and yang, right? It's so exactly. more about opposites. Right. Mm, no, not exactly. I mean, there's, there's in Buddhism, there's lots of, there's lots of trinities. In Hinduism, there's lots of trinities. Um, it's I think it's a feature of humanity more than a feature of any particular culture. Um, yeah. There's there's triads in African occultism. There's triads in amongst uh, the Egyptian myth. There's yep. um, um, I can't think of too many in Islam. I'm not uh, I'm not super familiar with its myth structure um, because most of its myth structure is Judeo Christian, and then it graphs on. Some more stuff, but I don't think it actually rep repudiates anything within the Judeo-Christian mythological structure. I think it it takes all those threes and just point out again that eight is also another common one, especially in the ones you mentioned. Like yeah. Buddhism has the eightfold yeah. path, for example. So right. there's like yeah, but there's there's three symbolic faults in Buddhism: greed, hatred, and delusion that yeah. are like a triumvirate of the bad. Yeah, things, it's right? it's just on in that Hinduism. Usually, three or eight. Creator preserver. Yeah, and in Hinduism, you have creator, preserver, destroyer, as um, the the one supreme god. So it's a, it is a tripart god in Hinduism as well. So it's I I mean I'm just pushing back on the on the notion that we're focused on threes because of cultural reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, it, it's yeah. true, it's, but the reason I think the it's culture just a natural has the, that inclination. Humans is noticed it older than the culture, like. Pretty oh, much yeah. every culture yeah, that's what I'm saying. leads than into that. the yeah. three, but how you look at the three is probably based on your culture to some degree, yeah. For sure, for sure. Okay, so yeah, my, cult my culture has three as a very prominent uh, <laughs> well, no, it's not actually my culture. The culture I sometimes get associated with on this podcast has a very major three that represents the stages of life and the or in the three ways you do you deal with accepting the universe, but that's a discussion that's kind of but that is technically Western, so that's fine. <laughs> the culture you generally get associated with those podcasts, Wiccanism? No, no, I've never been a Wiccan. I've never subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I when I say I associate with witches, I don't I don't mean people who identify as Wiccan. Yeah, I I think the question at hand is sort of couched in wondering whether the Western obsession with three is derived from one specific triad. Yeah, it's not, but it can seem to be. Hmm. Yep, yeah, because there there's Janus, and then there's the Morgana, and the, there's this whole nonsense. Anyway, yeah. uh, I was just going to comment uh, to bring it back to role playing games because we are way in the reads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. No, not. Stop it, Kat. Yeah, yeah, we're way in the reads. <laughs> go for it, Kevlar. Go, go, go. Uh, normally, when I'm just, this is 
it's very very loose but uh when i'm designing uh a game like to start uh normally i will make six core identities basically uh, as like six player types is how we, is how they usually shake out and usually it's like two sets of three uh where where there's like each uh ideally like and what happens a lot of the time even by accident is each three each of the threes is essentially uh there's many different triangles and like they're the different triangles are the connections uh, i'm phrasing this very far basically the there there's not just like two different sets of threes there's like each uh each any given three in the six can be put into a triangle that associates with itself somehow and uh, i don't know how to phrase it better than that sort of like no what that makes what sense we were saying about the like if you had three nodes then the other three are the three sides is that yeah. kind of what you mean yeah except like uh like if say each of these uh things has like okay so there's six things and if you take things a b and c the and they're one triangle and you take d e and f they're another triangle but f e and well f d and c are also a triangle that records a different thing if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah like absolutely yeah so uh, that, yes so it's like laced up like yes. a boot yeah you're saying yeah. that among six points any triangle that uses three of them has some sort of Yes, they will have some commonality, and if you take any three points, that will make them different than the other three. But if you're focused, this is just something I noticed that, like when I'm doing a solid game design, uh, part of it is I usually make four static powered by the apocalypse games, which naturally leads into that. Because if, uh, in the default four static powered by the apocalypse game, there, this is just like a very direct example, there's usually more subtle ones as well. Uh, each class will have plus two in two of them and minus one in another one, but ignore that minus one. So each stat, each class has plus two and two stats, right? So, and every instance of plus twos exists, like every instance of plus ones exists. So there will be three classes that are good at thing X. Let's call it, yeah, let's right. call it one. And subclass of thing. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Yeah. So that a lot of okay. it happens there in those types of games but yes that's that's very interesting because that's almost exactly how i split it up for my adventurers hmm. in in ashes so i've got i've got the rogue i have the expert warrior mage split and then i have basically a uh combat -y version uh a ranged type version a, a defensive magic type version, offensive magic type guy and a generalist i think and those all come like you can connect the three I, well i guess it no wait a second let me let me back up on that so warrior expert mage and then i split it up by force yeah guile focused force focused and then mage focused yeah so it's like it's like exactly like your plus two would be like the experts guile and then they'd have a plus one in yeah, I mean, like they don't start with them. I bet they start in plus one and two different things, but yeah, plus one and two different. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, because yeah. like that will give a full set of stats, but that's its own thing. Like, oh well, that's that's because of how that symbol was designed, not because of right. <laughs> 
No, I know, I know, but it 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 it, it, it's, it is that way because it's it's two triangles overlapping each other. Six points. Okay. Uh, so, do we want to get since we've been talking for an hour? Do we want to get into the GNS theory and and the yeah, NBA it's theory? For, it's time for Rob to go start running with the theory stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I just want to, uh, because our one listener uh, may not be familiar with GNS theory. Okay, thank you, Rob. And yeah. Hi, Ark. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna explain. You it. are so <laughs> better off without knowing. Nope. They gotta know. Yeah, they gotta know because a lot of people don't understand GNS or how it's inherently broken as presented. But anyway, go ahead, Rob. I was just wondering if we've actually talked about this on a recorded episode because we talk about it a lot in a weird ways at weird times. So I was thought was one of those an episode? We've definitely brought it up. We've not had it as a established topic, but I'm pretty sure we've brought it up and kind of talked around it before. But thank you, Rob. Establish what you're going to talk about. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so GNS theory was put forth by Ron Edwards, and it says that um, games fall into necessarily fall into one of three buckets, and that is gamist, simulationist, or narrativist. Um, and he also claims that those three buckets are mutually exclusive. Once a game is in one, it is not in the other two. And you, if you are designing a game, it behooves you to design heavily towards one of those things so your game is coherent and not confused. He also says that if a game is not dominated by one, then he the, the term he, he uses accusatorially is um, incoherent. Incoherent, yeah. That, yes, that's what I said, more or less. But yeah, sure. It, it, yeah, he says it's an incoherent game. If you try and do one of those things in a game that is supposed to be one of the others. Um, to me, at this point in my, I don't know if I would call it career, Endeavors. but in, in the stage <laughs> endeavor, um, in my, I, it, that is so obviously wrong mm -hmm. that it, I can't, I can't believe that anybody ever thought it was correct. And he doesn't think it's correct now. No, he doesn't think it's correct anymore. And it's quite obvious why to me, because it's, it's games can lean in those directions but you don't have an incoherent game if you have a combat system that works as a fun game and narrative play. That The game doesn't fall apart. It's fine. It's um, probably better. It's probably better. Yeah, if you have simulationist, simulationist elements and you can play with them in a fun way and they interact in a fun way, that's good, I think. Pretty obviously. I don't, I don't think I have to justify that. I still think those three terms are useful. Yes. I mm -hmm. think the theory fell apart. Yeah. Yes. The, basically. The, I think the, the way he described how they're used is wrong, but the th three terms themselves are useful to describe intent and are useful to design mechanics toward specifically within your game. If you want to design a mechanic in a direction, it's probably good to pick one of those things and go in that direction, but you can make a coherent game using all of those elements with, out any problem that i can see yeah. i completely agree like the three pillars are absolutely correct the application that he 
prescribes for them is completely crazy town banana pants. <laughs> banana I, pants. That's great. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> I didn't make it up. In your pants? I, no, I might not have, but that's still a good So like the three nodes are absolutely correct. The way he yeah. lays out the theory as any game can only be exclusively one of the three is cripplingly wrong. And I think a lot of the root of how many people misunderstand GNS because it's presented in a broken way. Like to make it mm. useful, a game has to be assessed on those three aspects. So it yeah. forms a triangular graph. So you can get stuff pulled into the middle. Sure. As a tripartite rating. And mm -hmm. not only is it useful for designing mechanics, it's useful for classifying mechanics. Sure. I think I think most most mechanics will participate necessarily in all three. I mean, it, it doesn't seem I don't see how you could get around it really because you do want mechanics that interact with the that are narratively cogent you do want mechanics that are representing something real in your setting and that's simulationist and you do want mechanics that are fun to play with and that's gamist like mm -hmm. you want you actually those are good thing to design towards they're just not mutually exclusive no. exactly yeah and in fact i think a lot of mechanics or i no i shouldn't say mechanics uh, subsystems within games are a combination of those things often not always yeah um yeah dynamics can emerge from those yeah. things yeah mm -hmm. they're it's okay i'm gonna I'm, okay it's more of i think a spectrum i guess is the way to say it um yes but or a, a prism. prism yeah Almost. something like that um it's very fluid i guess is the best way for me to put it like everything kind of exists in those spaces, but those spaces overlap a lot and don't really, they aren't as uh, strongly defined, I think, as he puts them forward to be, or as we usually think about them as being. Yeah, because essentially yeah, how he that. laid it out is if you take, um, if you consider RGB color the same way, you would end up with every color is either red, green, or blue. And that's just not true. I, I think the way Fred is leaning, and it's it's not just that you can have these things in any game, uh, but that each of them can exist at the same time in a game. Yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Carr's analogy of the RGB light, right? Because you can dial up one of those things and it'll make the space redder. You can get everything out of it, but it's not, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You're not, like you said, you're not flipping one off and one on, you're tweaking. Although them. I would say generally most games will operate primarily within two of those. Um, most mechanics will operate primarily around two of those, yeah. I, yeah. I think you can, many games you could put along. You could you could lean it yeah. 
I, I would not I would not say that any game is just two of them or just one, but most games that I can think of off the top of my so excuse me, off the top of my head are yeah, definitely leaning towards two of those rather than like straight down the middle. <laughs> Oof. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like got a little stomach stuff. No, oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I would also like to point out that Ron Edwards published that theory in 2004, but he was no, it was like 99, dude. No, he wrote it in 2004. He was restating oh, okay. previous theory theory that had evolved out of uh, various role playing Usenet groups in the late 90s. Oh, like okay, like okay. threefold theory is what GNS evolved from. Like there was another offshoot called fourfold theory that didn't really catch on because in large part it was four and not three. <laughs> Some garbage number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just the worst number. It's not even a prime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Now that we've, I think we've exhausted that pretty thoroughly. Um, I want to go on to the other one the other triangle in game design that i think is actually better uh and and more cogent for our purposes um it's the mda theory which is the mechanics dynamics aesthetics Mm. theory and that's part of the that eight that eight modes of fun eight uh eight types of fun eight eight types of fun yeah the eight types of fun paper um which was called, I want to call it out specifically, MDA, A Formal Approach to Game Design and Game Research by Robin Hunnicky, Mark LeBlanc, and Robert Zubek. Yeah. I should probably email those guys. Maybe you need to get one of them on the podcast. That'd be cool. That would certainly yeah. be interesting. They're like... Yeah. So anyway... No, I was just going to say, they're, they look like they're actual like people. They're actual like professors and PhD students or something. Mm-hmm. They have actual thoughts yeah unlike us we're just kind of you know flailing in the dark we are flailing yes. forward yes oh uh-huh. just wait till the ludology neurotology episode when i pull out a whole bunch of academic names oh, <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> thank you for saying that rob i, I wasn't trying to be tonight that's okay, man. I'm I'm allowed to. Be <laughs> you guys are gonna have to read white papers to participate in that episode. Uh, uh, okay. So anyway, back to back to MDA. Um, the and what what I what I really like about it is that it lays out specific things and makes them turn applies them to things that we can design towards. Um, and so they're distinct components of a game that formalizes the consumption of a game are the rules, the systems, and the fun. And they establish their design counterparts as mechanics, dynamics, aesthetics. And so meaning that the mechanics are the particular components of the game at the level of the, 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 the dice mechanics and how the, the data of the character interacts. And the dynamics is described as the runtime behavior of the mechanics acting on player inputs and each other's outputs over time. So those are the things that change. And then the aesthetics 
describe the desirable emotional responses evoked in the player uh, when they interact with the system. And so that would be theme setting um, the, 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 the general overall feel of the game. So I think that's actually where OSR sits as a thing, is, uh, is an aesthetic, because there are many dynamics and mechanics that OSR games do not share, but they all do share a common aesthetic. Um, so I think it's a, it, it feels like a, a, a reasonable breakdown. And uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? I've got an example that demonstrates those three components, hmm. which is um, the mechanic side of it is a character has hit points. Mm-hmm. The dynamic side is as a character loses hit points, they enter a death spiral. And the aesthetics mm-hmm. side is the players get more or become more anxious about being in the death spiral. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good encapsulation, a uh, good example. Yeah, because you're going for a particular emotional response evoked by the aesthetic of that. How it's doing it is this: these two mechanisms interacting. That's the attack and damage resistance and hit points. And as hit points decrease, you get closer to death, as represented by a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. So another diagram they have in the paper is the designer out and the player in. So it's like the designer goes mechanics, dynamics, aesthetics, and the player, ex- I think they're, the point they're trying to make, let me see if, if from the system, uh, from the designer's perspective, mechanics give rise to dynamic system behavior, which in turn leads to particular aesthetic experiences. And then from the player's perspective, Aesthetics set the tone, which is born out of observable dynamics and eventually operable mechanics. So yeah, the hit point example is the tenseness of the player coming, experiencing that because their hit points are going down to a thing where they know something yeah. bad is going to happen because of them. That's, yeah. that's a fantastic like way of looking at this as well as you're designing games, uh, especially the, the idea of aesthetics, just to give another like illustration of it um, is sort of like in uh, I think this is in fifth where there's like a bloodied condition like even just that tag or is it in fourth I don't remember right. fourth, fourth edition, edition. Okay. Yeah, fourth edition. Um, where where it says like this is uh, describing the response that you should have or in certain cases like uh, harm in blades where you'll have sort of a tagged word that describes what exactly happened to you and this is the level right. that is intended for the player to play at. This is the role play aspect is that you you interact with that uh, surface level of fiction. Um, and then as the designer, what you're really doing is setting up the stages to get to that. Like the dynamics need to work so that it, it matters to the player, but you need to have that that final aesthetic layer of where what does this mean? Like if it was if it was a block that you got to represent your harm, it doesn't mean anything. You got this little cube, great. It doesn't say anything, but that that aesthetic layer is important. Um, and that's yeah. I don't know. It's just very interesting to see the three steps laid out so clearly. I like I like this uh, the framework. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um... Yeah, I, I think it's functional because like it helped me um, when I was reading this before I did this this last version, um, this last retooling on Ashes. Um, 
it really helped sort of funnel the it helped me get a player side perspective for one because i instead of starting with mechanics and going mechanics out i could look at it from experience i wanted a players to have going in and it became more of an experience design project than a game design project or at least i looked at it from that angle after reading this paper um and that was helpful in unsticking some uh some questions i had about like what what i should do in with a particular design or how i wanted to what would be the appropriate way to design towards that experience yeah so it was it was a helpful helpful to read read the paper and, and have my own game broken down into those um three mm -hmm. things like wh what are okay so my, here are my mechanics i know i have those what dynamics do they produce okay i got a good handle on those what aesthetic is that like okay i'm actually not quite sure am i do i am i getting the right thing out of these because i might not be and it, it didn't occur to me to look at that last step until i had read this and so that was yeah reading it was mm -hmm. really helpful and then also the types of fun too which is also in the same paper uh the eight types of fun was um helped me develop uh my callings in the game too this is really cool um uh the the phd candidate in me is like ooh, yeah you've you've <laughs> written this in a way that i can understand it like okay but this is uh, <laughs> yeah i like this this breakdown um the very distinct components as well like there's um uh i think like approaching design with these three pillars is a really uh concise way of how do you get your theme across how do you get the idea of interaction across and how do you make sure that like your your fundamentals of like the resources and mechanics that you need all work together and if you have um like there was, there's someone at this conference that I went to recently, or the the game design um, workshop, where it was like a mechanic does not make a game work, and it's because like your mechanics exist, but it's you need to have these other two elements to it. And I think it's an interesting thing to think about is that um, their essential, like these three essential parts, need to come together to make a complete picture of the game yeah 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 it does i, I think that's a good encapsulation one thing i'd like to point out as well is that your mechanics are really just the description of how you want your aesthetics to work right like you basically have the aesthetics is the concept you want to get across the mechanics mm -hmm. would be exactly how you actually describe those things then your dynamics is just the moving parts and how it interacts with the actual players. Like, because it has to be a two-way street, there has to be moving parts. If it's just static and nothing changes, there's no real gameplay. Like, there has to be an interaction between the players in the game. Otherwise, it's not really a game. Yeah, it either stalls or it becomes an, an automation, and that's not a game either. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. like watching mm -hmm. TV is not a game. You can make a drinking game out of watching TV, but that's the game itself, not the uh, not the TV. Well, the TV is the dynamics. 
the the mechanics are when do you drink and the aesthetics are how drunk do you want to get i guess <laughs> i don't think it really works <laughs> i think we've ruined this analogy good job I, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay let me let me take a stab at the aesthetics of a of a drinking game watching tv um i think <laughs> i think the aesthetics of that um <clears throat> The aesthetics of that are like the movie you're watching, right? Because it's, it's like every time a stormtrooper misses, we're gonna drink. Oh, is a different is a different aesthetic from uh, every time. Well, know, it's every time they say they say fuck in uh, a Jay and Silent Bob movie, we're gonna yeah, drink. Or, or, no. or a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's the um, yeah, it's well, it's the reaction you're supposed to get while drinking, like the. The realization of oh they say fuck a lot in Jay and Silent Bob, or oh the stormtroopers miss a lot, so we are drink you know especially during certain scenes it's like oh shot 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 shot, um, right. or after a kill in a Jason pick yeah, right? Friday the Thirteenth movie or slasher yeah. film yeah, and um, you know it's that uh, it's I guess supposed to be that like understanding of like oh here's this this weird thing that happens in this movie so much because of narrative convention and also the um just being a sloppy drunk i suppose <laughs> I, I i don't i don't know how to describe like drunkenness as an aesthetic but i feel like that's part of that because that's certainly a part of the emotional response that is evoked I'm sure. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm thinking the mere act of drinking is the aesthetic. Oh, hmm. It, there's an aesthetic quality to that's, it. Yeah, I don't, that's I certainly true. I mean, every time the stormtroopers miss, you become more like a stormtrooper because their vision must be pretty blurry to miss that often. <laughs> that's true. You got those big helmets on, you know. Got those. Also, they are missing on purpose. Helmets with lenses made by government contractors, <laughs> <laughs> who were the lowest bidder. Are you doing that now, Rob? Are we doing the stormtroopers are missing on purpose thing? Well, they were in this in in A New Hope when when Luke and Leia were trying to get away because they had put the tracking device on the. Oh, well, yeah, that one time, sure. Okay. Do you think anybody actually told the stormtroopers that? <laughs> <laughs> so there are you are you trying uh, to well it was set up by saying the torrents were, were precise this was too this was too precise for sand people yeah and then there yeah there's stuff also in other star wars okay well, uh, no we're, we're done we're not we're moving on no off topic off topic. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's, I'm sorry. that's fine we're this is bonus banter man it's 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 banter oh yeah that's right. yeah well that train of thought left the station Get a penny on the track, went right in the river. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so threes. Um, oh, so three people um, published this paper, too. Listen to this show. <laughs> Are you sure that three people listen to this show? Like, that's... Well, I'm including myself. Uh, okay, reasonable. Um, that... <laughs> So that means that two people listen to this show were not 
involved in it. Eh, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Not even multitasking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Uh, okay, uh, so for people who are listening to this, for both two of you, I'm going to assume both of your names are Ricky. Um, uh, this is a train that's going down two tracks at once and through the nature of trains and because the tracks are diverging, um, it cannot go down the tracks very far because trains can't stretch. Um, or compress, as the or, case may be. Yeah. Depending on which way it was going. Or they're going outwards. The tracks are diverging outwards. There's two of them. <laughs> this is this is a mess. This is the thing where each wheel carriage went down a different track. Yes. Two paths diverge in a yellow wood. They do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I took the one less traveled by. Uh, yeah. Recite the whole poem if you really want, but no, I don't want to. It's, it would have been impressive for you to launch. You should have done yeah, it. But, and <clears throat> also taken us further off the rails. So, are we on the rails, or do we want to go off the rails a little more? Uh, no, I laid that down and don't get a rim shot. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but okay. So <laughs> I I have something to say that I think might provoke discussion or may not. But I think that the aesthetic portion, bringing this back to the MDA thing we were talking about earlier, um, the mechanics, dynamics, and aesthetics, I think that the aesthetics part is probably the most important part of an RPG, of pretty much any RPG. I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah, because that I, that that is like what we were saying a couple of episodes ago. If anybody's listening, is that 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 is what gets people to the table. The aesthetics of your game is people don't play for mechanics generally. People don't play for dynamics generally speaking, unless they're really into RPGs as RPGs, right? But if if somebody is trying to talk their friends into playing a game, an RPG, they start with the aesthetics, and that's pretty much all they mention. It's like you get to be a wizard, you get to be a fighter. We're going to fight dragons. It's going to be awesome. I have some thoughts, sort of beyond that. I agree the importance of the aesthetics, but the aesthetics sometimes present themselves within mechanics. And for example, you might have a preference over uh, of an OSR dungeon crawl over a, um, a dungeon world dungeon crawl uh, because of the uh, mechanical aesthetic to that game like like i agree that that's the important part like it it sort of dictates but i don't know i, I guess maybe aesthetics is a little too no i think limiting i'm not sure if it's i think it's, it's more in the sense that <clears throat> to get to the aesthetics you kind of have to have good mechanics if the mechanics just get in the way or they do not lead to the aesthetics that you want yeah there's there's not a lot you can do with that you kind of have to have good mechanics to get there in the first place right no, that's, yeah that's certainly true though i think that the at least this is partly a personal thing um but for me like a lot of the importance of role-playing games is the 
<clears throat> the emotional responses that we have when we're <clears throat> sitting around talking with our friends. Um, and so the aesthetics portion of this talking, you know, about the desirable emotional responses is the most important part. Uh, of well, the that's because game. it's the goal. You want to get to the aesthetics part, but you can't get to the goal without the path to get there in the first place, without like the tools to get there. Like, of course, your goal is the most important part, but if you don't have the means to reach that goal. Yeah, I agree, Kat. I don't think Fred's really arguing that. Um, no. Good no, mechanics are necessary, I, but good, yeah, good mechanics. Yeah, you are can't useful. skimp on the mechanics just because they're not no. as important as your destination. Like you still have to consider that you have to get to that destination but, somehow. Okay, let me see if I can articulate this a little bit better. I okay, I don't <laughs> think that aesthetics are fully the destination. We're talking about a role playing game. I think that aesthetics are part of the road if that makes sense more than they are more than they are the destination although that is in... comes into the equation as well what, what, what would be the destination for you then also aesthetics but i think okay also aesthetics but i think you need to you are laying down aesthetics to get to a ultimate aesthetic mm. to this specific point i agree that aesthetics is the goal because the play experience is is part of the aesthetic like all the qualities of the play experience are the aesthetic or part of the aesthetic at least um to the larger question fred pose i'm not certain that aesthetics is the most important part when um selling an rpg to some selling role-playing to someone like oh, that was that, a rob yeah. point but that was my that was point. your point I, okay. yeah. anyway like yeah that was my point uh, no the cover fine. art is definitely I I agreed with me the cover art is definitely aesthetics mm -hmm. the the graphic design in the book is definitely aesthetics but i mm -hmm. think the statement you can be a wizard is playing towards the dynamics because the ah, core verb in there is yeah. be. Being, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you called me on that. Yeah, I was wrong. Because you are actually describing a dynamic then. It's like you get, what do you get to do is a dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, fighting dragon is is dynamic description. Right. Um, it, it, it represents an aesthetic, yes. you know, like like the paper says it does, but like it, it's definitely, you are, yeah, you're describing a thing you do. Yeah, good point. It's so both, It is both a... Because, uh, like, yeah. there's a difference between, you know, fighting a dragon and fighting a giant robot. Like, technically, not necessarily in the mechanic sense. Like, if you right. look at something like ERPS, they may work exactly the same, but there is an aesthetic difference to how... Don't be silly, nothing works exactly the same in GURPS. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they probably have, like, completely different source books for it. Right, but... Which end up listening to the same thing. But the concept is that just feeling that you're fighting something different really does change how you perceive that combat. My point is that um, of the three aspects, when 
trying to indoctrinate someone to role playing, the one that's not used as much is the mechanics because you don't go to your college buddies or whatever and say, Hey, you get to roll a D20 <laughs> that they're going to, nobody cares about that. Sometimes it's less compelling you, than you can be a wizard. Sometimes you do describe some of the mechanics in a sense. It might be part after you've gone through the aesthetics no. and the dynamics. Not say if you say, uh, it's got tactical combat in it. Like that is one thing that people do use as a selling point. Or if you say it's a narrative game, those so, are basically those are still games. dynamics couched as mechanics. One, what, okay, Rob. No, but just one thing. Well, just one thing. I I just wanted to point out that I'm not trying to talk other RPG players into playing RPGs. I'm talking about somebody sitting down for the first time who, when you explain a mechanic to them, you oh, okay. you, you will get a blank look. That's yeah. what I'm trying. Okay, to say. so. Yeah. The, the the thing Car referenced earlier because Car is referencing a thing in in my my real life, um, but the okay so the way I was selling not the, not not deliberately it, it I was reaching for yeah. something and that's what I grabbed yeah well you ended up referencing earlier but to to take that to talk about this something I was going to bring up anyway um, is the way I was selling blades or blades in the dark mm -hmm. is. You play a group of daring scoundrels in a industrialized but also fantastical fan, uh, city, and it's got a lot of heist, um, I like heist movie ideas in it as well as mechanics. And that was kind of the mm -hmm. line I would use to sell that game. Um, mm -hmm. And and you, that starts out with dynamics, um, which is you play as somebody so you are you are inputting something and having output into you and then aesthetics talking about the setting so where do you do this in and then i talk about mechanics in that okay this uses heist movie stuff that's what the mechanics are focused around and about cutting to the action etc yeah but the mechanics you eventually get to are not ex you're using them not exclusively as mechanics like they also qualify as aesthetic mm -hmm. yeah and that that's why i said that aesthetics are the most important thing for role playing games because all role playing games all the output is aesthetics to a certain extent and all the way that you get to those outputs is partially aesthetic. Like that's weaved into all parts of role-playing games. Yeah, the mm -hmm. the buy-in is done through aesthetic, and the experience is the result of aesthetic. So at this point in the recording, the topic devolves into about 20 minutes of politics with no game design talk in sight. And while dumpster fires are our brand, political dumpster fires are, and always will be, Congress's job. And we aren't paid well enough to deal with that level of heat. Thanks for listening.